Hello, and welcome to the All Things Narrative Podcast, where we explore the relationships between the stories we love and the stories we live. I'm your host, Derek Hatch, and let's get started. Yes, sir. Let's get it, baby. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we are here at the All Things Narrative Podcast back at the top of the month. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time here, welcome. Thank you so welcome. much for stopping by. I have a special guest in the house oh, yeah. uh, that I'm going to introduce to you in just a second. I just want to let you guys all know that if you enjoy what we do here at All Things Narrative, check out allthingsnarrative.com where you can learn more about our coaching. You can learn about our workshops, classes, events, more podcast episodes, lots of exciting things going on. And yes, we are all about stories here oh, because yeah. we believe that stories is how we make sense of the world around us. And we take our experiences and we story them in a way. We put them into a narrative uh, so that we can find meaning in life. And so if any of that stuff resonates with you, then buckle up because we are doing an episode about the story of a man who created a story that is resonating and compelling and inspiring. And so I'm super excited to bring on the podcast, the one and only Thomas Wilson, the third, the third, don't forget the third, the third, can't forget it. (laughs) So let me tell you about this guy. So Thomas Wilson is the founder of The Hood Library, uh, which their tagline is creating books The Hood can relate to and learn from. And so in this episode, we're going to learn more about The Hood Library and how he started that. And we're going to learn about what we might call the foundation of The Hood Library, which is your first book. And so Thomas is also an author as well, and his first book was recently released. And so we're going to dive into that today too. But above all, Thomas Wilson is also a dear friend of mine. Yes, sir. And so I am so excited to have you here because, Thomas, we go back all the way to, I think, 2016. Yeah, bro. Yeah. So we were uh, in a summer camp together, and I heard (laughs) rumors about this guy who was going to be coming on, and... I was like, all right, let me meet this guy. And I, and when I met you, I was like, oh, this guy gives me a run for my money with oh, yeah. hype and oh, yeah. oh my gosh. So I Go crazy. I, I didn't have to carry it alone, right? <laughs> so we'd be we'd be coming in at like eight o'clock in the morning, yep, yep. turn up, hype ready. Everybody else is like, I haven't had my coffee yet. I'm like, wake up, wake up, wake up. Let's get it's it. Summer camp. That's right. Hold on, I got to tell you about Derek, how, how I first met Derek, man. So we was doing a little summer jam at Urban Youth Impact, uh-huh. and I met him, and 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 the theme for the summer was like superheroes. Yeah, Summer of the One True Hero, so, yeah. So it was like the whole room was decked out with superhero themes and wallpapers and stuff, and Derek, like, every like every week he had like a... Like a new costume, like a Spider-Man costume, like it was the it was everything, man. I was like, man, this man is this man goes all in, like I mean, you would think like he was putting on putting on a performance for like for like the whole city. <laughs> it, it was like 20, 30 kids, and he was going all in, putting this all into it, man. So Derek is the real deal. Ah, uh, you're too kind, man. You're too kind. Yeah, those oh, man, those summer jams were fun. Like the memories, looking back on them, right. So much. We fun. um we actually spent a couple of years. Uh, we wrote curriculum together. Yep. So we we got to to write about. We did a curriculum on Exodus. 
Yeah. We did we did the revision of the superhero because that was my last summer jam. Was yeah, I was like, bro. I want to do the superhero thing again, but I want to do it with you know more up to date with the films that have come out and yeah, yeah. you know and we did take a skit. My skills oh yeah the skit <laughs> the skit is out there on youtube somewhere you have to find it but it is out there where uh thomas Yo, never guess what thomas is playing yeah i'm in it you obviously know who i am in the skit but you gotta look it up to see who thomas is yes in it. yes you oh my never gosh guess who I was. it's so great <laughs> that was like the best possible summer to end on working there because I was just like, good times. That was good times, man. Good times. So, we, we, so Thomas and I have some history, right? Yeah, man. Thomas, uh, it's been amazing to see um, you grow because we both have that, that passion and that heart for teaching, right? Yeah. We both yeah. really enjoy getting to connect with people there. Hands down. And, and so there's a lot of things that we've learned from each other over the years and one of the ways I'm really inspired by you is that one of my bucket list life goal items is to publish my own book, which I'm going to set a goal. I haven't said this on the podcast yet, uh -oh, uh -oh. but I'm going to set a goal to have my book released by December 2024. December 2024. Let's get it. I'm putting it out there, y'all. Let's so get I have, it. I have been working on something, working on a book. Not a long book, but something oh, yeah. in December 2024. And part of, man, part of my urgency is like, I'm, I'm seeing you. I'm seeing you do it. And you we had this idea where we met at Starbucks last year mm -hmm. and you were telling me these early, mm -hmm. you know, things you were writing for this book. And then before I know it, I, I look on social media and I see like, oh my gosh, he did it. Yeah, bro. Like he's doing the book launch and everything. Had to so, follow through. Yeah. So what I'd love to hear, Thomas, is... Where did this come from? This inspiration to want to write a book. Um, so first off, kind of a two-part question here. So where did the initial idea, the story, right? Where did all that come from? And of all the mediums that you can use to tell a story, yeah. why a book? Why a novel? Yeah, yeah. So, um, man, it's really like the inspiration for the book kind of came in pieces mm -hmm. um so like one of the main pieces like i mean like you know me for a long time now and i've always taught taught students always taught mm -hmm. them the bible and like one of the most fascinating things i love about jesus is like he likes to tell stories he likes yes. to tell parables yes um so like i really incorporated that in a way that i teach as well so i will always start a sermon with a story mm -hmm. um and then like as the years went on i started to make the stories like kind of like realistic yeah right like it wasn't just about me but it was like a fictional character yeah but the character was like real and yeah. i remember i remember one time i had told a story um at the outreach and like as i was telling it like like every student was like zoned in like they was into the story yeah um so like throughout the years like i've just i I've kind of noticed this like gift that I have to tell stories. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of people like like within the last few years have been like telling me like, Dane Thomas, like you are really good at telling stories. Like, mm -hmm. like you really have a gift. So I never really thought about it that much, but like a couple of years ago, like I had this like dream to write a book. Like, like my post last year when I turned 26, um, I was like, something like I'm 26 and I'm gonna write a book at 30. Mm. Right, and it, was, and it was just like it was just like this little thing that I just put as my as my um as my caption, but like yeah. it, it ain't really mean anything. 
But like that kind of like stirred this desire to write a book. So like as time went on, right? I like um I really got into like I started like reading the Psalms um and like this like just like observing like how David wrote his life story out right in these books and these in his poetry. And I was like, man, like it's something powerful about writing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then like that also came around the time when I was kind of like thinking through like, man, like. I preach about the Bible. I tell students about Jesus, mm-hmm. but like it has to be more than that, bro. Yeah, you feel me? Like, mm-hmm. like it has to be more than just like the gospel. Like in the sense of like the gospel encompasses a lot of things. Like it's sure. not just like salvation. Like I'm giving my life to Jesus, bam, like I'm good. It's like no, like okay, like how am I supposed to operate as a husband? How mm-hmm. am I supposed to operate? Um, as a mentor, how about to operate as a father, right? Like there's different aspects that we kind of like got to like, yeah. grow in. Well, and a lot of Christians have this idea of the gospel that's very transactional or very mm. bullet point, right? Yeah. So it's just, all right, here's the 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 three, four, five main points. You yep. know, yep. do you agree or not? Sign on the dotted line. All right, great. You're secure. And, you know, the idea of the gospel actually being a story that you enter into, right? Come on, it's a way come of on. life. It's a pattern. Yeah. And it's a pattern that transforms you over time. Yes. You know? Yes. And yes. so you identify yourself with a narrative. And we all have narratives we identify ourselves with. Even if you're not a Christian or you don't consider yourself religious, we mm. all have narratives mm. that we identify ourselves with. So yeah. So I think that's a that's a great point that that you brought up. Yeah. There. Yeah, and then like that just kind of just tapped into the desire. Like I was like, man, like I've poured into so many students growing up. Like yeah. I've I've poured into my talking to talk in the Bible. I discipled them. I showed them mm-hmm. how to do ministry. But then I was like, man, like a lot of them are growing up and just like doing like menial jobs and like not feeling successful, not feeling like they've achieved anything. And I was yeah. like, man, like I want to do something about that. Like I want to do yeah. something about like this like this like hopelessness yeah. and this desire that like man like. Kids are growing up and they graduate high school and they don't go to the NFL or the NBA and they feel like failures. I want to, I want to, I want to talk about that. Mm, yeah, let's let's speak on that for a second because when we were working with kids, you know, we had a slogan of "Dream Big." Yes, right. Yes. Um, and so you had lots of kids that would say like, you know, I'm going to be in the NBA, be in the NFL, right? I'm going to be a famous influencer yep, on YouTube, yep. you know, all that kind of stuff. And you know, we know the reality. It's a lot harder, right? And I think this is just kind of a sidebar, but I feel like we don't, as a society, do a good job at trying to paint a picture of what those expectations, right? Let's because, talk about it. Because if you, if you want to be like a Michael Jordan or a Kobe mm-hmm. or a LeBron, right? They work hard. Like, they didn't just get there. Man, they work hard. They and work they had hard. Mm-hmm. Like, connections is huge. Even like the the influencers that people look up to, right? Mm-hmm. There's editing, there's recording, Bro. there's there's an investment in time and resources, right? It's their life. Yeah, yeah, it's literally their life, right? So there's a there's a lot of work that you have to do, mm-hmm. you know, to get just in the door, let alone get to the top, right? And I think we do have this issue where we tell people to dream big, but we don't give them the path. Yeah. To reach the dream, yeah, right? Yeah. We don't outline, you know, what that's actually, what that, we don't, we're not realistic about what that actually would require yeah, and what yes, that would yes, take. Yes, Because I yes. do think, and this is a whole other con- conversation here, but I do think we lower the bar mm. in a lot of other ways. Come on, bro. And then 
you know, we set them up for failure. Bro, I'm telling you, bro, like, for real, for real, though. Like, dream big, like, what's big? But like, what is big? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, is big becoming famous or is big being faithful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is big having a million followers or is big contributing to society and making a difference? Right, like, right. Like, you feel me? Yeah, like, of course, of and, course. You got to redefine that. Yeah, like, we just tell students, like... I, I mean, like, you know, like, when we grew up, like, we was always asked, like, what you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And it's like, we would say, like, firefighter, like, we would say, like, NBA We're player. millennials. We can be anything we want, right? Anything you anything want. Anything we want. But then when you graduate high school and real life hits you in the face, it's like, dang, like, I'm not really that good at, at what I wanted to be when I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that. listen, that's real, uh, you know? Like, I thought I was going to be this professional rock band drummer, you know, and all that stuff. And I'm a great drummer. I do a lot of phenomenal things with drumming. Drummer, y'all. Phenomenal. Oh, thanks. It's a hard, it's a hard world out there, you know? Man, it's um, hard. There's lots of people that are great at things mm-hmm. that aren't big or famous. Yes, yes. Yes. So like man, like that, like 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 that idea, mm-hmm. right? had just been sitting in my heart for a while. Yeah. Right. And like and like I did some small steps. So like I I did a little leadership, a little like class thing um at one of the neighborhoods that we do outreach at. Yeah. Um on with some students. And I was kinda like um like throwing out some ideas with them on on this same aspect, right? It's like man, like to be successful, like you gotta put in work, you gotta do certain yeah. things. And like I don't want to just tell you to put in work. Like I wanna actually help walk you through some steps you can take to put in work. Right. So I right. I, was, I was trying to put some put some um put some like action behind like the passion in my heart Mm -hmm. and then like just like one day I was like well how about I like kind of like um like unravel this Mm. in a story yeah and I was like hmm and then I just started writing bro (laughs) like I just started writing and so, like, when you started writing, did you have any idea of what you were doing? What you what ca- the characters were gonna be? <laughs> did it all just come? Bro, it's so funny though, cause like, all right, so like, you know, like, like you've seen this part of me like a little bit, right? It's like, bro, I can be a major perfectionist. Yeah. Right. Like, yep. I can be like a major perfectionist. So when I started writing, like, I and and by writing, I mean like. I started like brainstorming some ideas. Yeah. Right. So there was this um there was this account that I saw on Instagram um called called Kitlet. Okay. Um Kitlet, right? And like it's this lady and like she gives like tips on like how to write, how to create a story, yeah. like how to like um like outline a character and like right, right. that stuff right there. So I did like a little um a little free course mm-hmm. on, um on Zoom, right? I did a little free course. Yeah. Like got some ideas, and then um, I started outlining. So like I love to outline stuff. So I outlined my, so I outlined my character, and I kind of like. So how I started was I started with a table of contents. Okay. Right, because like for me, like I like to have like the map mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ready, and then like now I just got to go through each chapter and kind of like write it out. Right. Yeah. So I had the whole map. Like I had a concept of like how I wanted the whole book to go. Yeah. Um, and then I just started writing. But what's funny is that like, like although I had my map and and I started writing, like there was different things that I was like noticing that I was like, mm. ooh, like I should change that up about like um my story or like there were certain chapters I needed to take out because but originally I think I started with like with like 20 chapters. Mm-hmm. 
and then now it's at 14 chapters. Mm-hmm. So I cut out six chapters um, of the cloud. I was just like, man, like that stuff just not like it's not important. Yeah. So yeah, man. And then I I just I just started writing, bro. I started with the with the first chapter, and I was like, I'm gonna just start doing this thing because I also like I knew like I wanted to be like I wanted like I'm huge on like on like somebody feeling connected to a person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, like David, that's why, that's why I love the Psalms because like as you read the Psalms, it's like you feel like you're in the trenches with them. Like you feel like like dang, like David feeling so low, like he. Like he want to give up. Like then, like I relate to him. So I was like, I, yeah. I, I want to write the book kind of like an autobiography, right? So like I wanted to like trace this kid's life from when he's five up to like twenty five, twenty six, mm. and and like, I just want people to feel like they're like watching a movie for real. Mm. Wow. So yeah, man. That sounds about right, though. From what I hear, is you might have an idea, a map, but then as you're telling it, you're seeing. Okay, this character is here right now. This is kind of what I'm noticing about them because the character yeah. starts to take a life of their own, right? Yes, they start yes, to really come yes. alive, and so you make decisions based on that. So yeah. that sounds—I mean, to me, that—that that sounds like part of telling a story. Yeah, seeing yeah, where bro. the story goes, and it's like life. You could plan all these things out, but yeah. these characters—they're gonna—they're gonna direct the steps. Yeah, so. Bro. So walk us through a little bit. What is the story of your book? Yeah. Like o- yeah. Over, overarching main idea. Main idea. So like the main idea, bro, is just like, it's this kid named Travis, mm-hmm. right? And the book traces like from five years old to like 26, right? Okay. But like he grows up in the hood, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like Jacksonville, Florida. That's where I'm from. Um, and like, <laughs> there's actually like some like some like small parts of his life story that actually connects to like to, to like where I grew up and like how I yeah. grew up and things like that. But right, like, writing a bit life. of what you know from yeah, your life, yeah, yeah, bring it in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, it traces his life, and basically like he just goes all in, bro. And like he he like he chases his dream, which is to play basketball. Okay. Um. So like he becomes very popular. Um. He makes it to the NBA. Oh wow. But like again, like my thing, like he wrestles with the concept of what is success, mm. right? Because like again, like students, like right, like they like I want to be, I want, I want to be an NBA player, I want to be an NFL player, I want to be an influencer, I want to do this, do this, do this, do this. But like, I want it to come from an aspect of like, all right, I'm gonna give you a glimpse into that life. Mm. Like I'm gonna give you a, like a realistic glimpse of a kid who actually makes it. Mm-hmm. Becomes famous, mm. but he realizes that, bro, something's missing. Like, yeah, like they ain't like, I, because like a lot of students think that like, if they become famous, mm-hmm. like they would have achieved success. Yeah, that's right? where success and therefore purpose is found. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So like, so in the book, I'm like, okay, like, okay, okay, I'm gonna give you that portrait. I'm gonna paint that portrait for you. Right. But then I'm going to let you see, like, dang, like, being famous ain't all that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, I want to go too fast, but that's the summary, bro. It's just, like, Travis, like, it traces, like, from like from when he's five years old to he's 26. Like, 
like he encounters all the struggles you would encounter in the hood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like he makes it, he makes it out, makes his NBA, and like he has like a revolutionary moment, bro. Like mm-hmm. a revolutionary yeah. moment where he realizes what true success is. I'm not gonna tell y'all what true success is. You, you gotta, gotta read, read the, the book, book first. That's right. And then you're gonna find out what it is. But he realizes what it is and he completely changes, changes the way he um like he approaches life. He he doesn't like give up on the fame and give mm-hmm. up on mm-hmm. Like the NBA, but he has a totally new outlook on on it, and that impacts everything else in the book. Wow, everything else, bro. So the main idea of the book is what is true success. Yeah, and if you think that being famous is success, then this book is going to challenge that that theory. Wow, it's going to challenge that. So it's a story that really challenges. Yes, yes. And it, it challenges young people. It sounds like it's directed towards young people, yep, right? Yeah. And it challenges them to think about what their definition of success is. Yes. Right? So I love that. Now, to poke and prod a little bit. Yeah, man. So what has this message within this book, how has that been evident in mm. your own life story? mm, mm. Man, so growing up, originally I wanted to be a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like, like all little kids have these like weird yeah. little careers. Like, I mean, firefighter ain't weird, but like, it was about what I really wanted to do. But it was like in the books and stuff. Like yeah, that. sure. Right. So, but then like as I like begin to like grow older and like approach like fourth and fifth grade, mm-hmm. right, and like playing football in the neighborhood with the kids, like hanging out. Like, I started to realize that I was pretty good at football, right? Mm-hmm. And my dad was a huge Florida Gators fan, mm-hmm. right? So, like, our our home was Florida Gators, right? So, I was like, huh, like, I'm pretty good at football. Like, I be mossing jits out there in the park and stuff. Yeah. And I be, like, trucking people, like, <laughs> like a tackle good, hit good. I was like, mm-hmm. man, I, I got a little gift. Like, like, what if I went and, like, played for the Florida Gators? Yeah. Like, that would be dope, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, matter of fact, like, what if I, like, played for like played for the Florida Gators and then like, like got drafted to the Jacksonville Jaguars to play it for my hometown. Wow. And like got us a Super Bowl. Right? Mm-hmm. And like as a little kid, I'm like, bro, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, bro, I can do that for right. So I'm like, man, man, when I get to middle school, I'm gonna try for the middle school team, right? So so middle school come around, you you couldn't try out to seventh grade. So I tried out seventh grade. I, I think I tried out for wide receiver. Mm. Right, got cut. Mm. Didn't make the team. Wow, humiliating, bro. Humili- like humiliating, bro. At the core, right? Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try harder next year. Like, maybe I should change my position, right? Yeah. So like, I knew like I was, like I was kind of quick, but I was also kind of chunky, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, huh? Like maybe I could try for fullback next year. Mm-hmm. So eighth grade comes, try a football team, try for fullback. In the middle of practice, I run and and bro, I made one mistake while running. But like all my other plays was perfect. I mm-hmm. made one mistake. Coach said, "I'm changing your position. You're gonna get on the line." Mm. I said, "I don't want to be on the line, bro. I want to be like, I want to carry the football." I said, "No, get on the line." I said, "All right." So I started playing 
offensive lineman. Mm. I was like, all right. But guess what? I made the team. Mm. Not at the position I wanted, but I made yeah. the team. Right. I said, all right, but I can do this. Let me try my best at this, right? I, I, I was a beast at O-line. Like, I was short. Mm-hmm. I was chunky. Yeah. But I was also quick. So yeah. I was able to block. Well, I was able to get under people and block. Well, so, I, so I did pretty good. High school come around. Mm-hmm. All right? High school come around. I'm like, bro, I had a growth spurt in ninth grade. And I lost all my baby fat. So I was skinny. I was tall. <laughs> I was like, bro, I'm going for wide receiver again. Yeah. <laughs> try out for the team. Yeah. Get cut. Mm. 10th grade. Try out for the team. Get cut. Wow. And I was like, but, but let me try basketball because I, 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 I play basketball too. Try out for the team. Got cut. <laughs> Dang. Bro, it was like, I couldn't make the team. I couldn't do it. And like, it wasn't like I was bad. Like, I was good at like playing. Mm-hmm. But like, I just didn't have that that grit. Like I, I never wanted to be like the center of attention, mm. right? Like I, I didn't want to like make other players look bad yeah. so that I can get the spot, right? Like, like I just wanted to just like do my thing and just like who or like play, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like I, I, I started noticing that like that a lot of the players like started like kind of like being like. Like douchebags, like it's, mm. it's sort of like, yeah, like selling people's positions, like cutting in front of them, like for routes. And I was like, I'm, bro, like, I'm not gonna do all that, bro. Like, mm-hmm. like it's not that big of a deal to me, yeah. right? So, like, 11th grade, I, I didn't try out, 12th grade, I didn't try out. I just kind of just like focused on myself, right? So, like, for me, like, like a lot of my homeboys still wanted to go that route and they felt like they was gonna make it to the NFL, yeah. to the NBA, yeah, but like. But in the back of my mind, like, like I started realizing, like, bro, like, you good, but you not, like, bro, like, you not, like, like, Beckham. Mm-hmm. Like, you not, like, Tom Brady. Like, you not, like, like Michael Vick. Like, you not, like, these dudes. Like, you not, like, LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Like, like bro, like, you good, but you not that good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want to hear that. And I was like, oh, man, this going to be bad. Yeah. So, like, even, like, in, like, my junior high school, like, like, like the wheels started turning, like, bro, like, this ain't realistic. Yeah. Like, this ain't realistic. So, I'm going to focus on something else. I started focusing on business, and then I changed my route, and then, yeah, man, and then it, it just went from there. But, like, at, as a teenager, like, I felt that heartbreak. Like, bro, mm. like, my dream to make the NFL, like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But, like, thank God I realized that while I was still in high school, a lot of dudes don't realize that until, like, after high school, bro. Like, we grew up with this, like, like idea that, like, Everyone's gonna be the next Michael Vick. Everyone's gonna be the next LeBron James. Everyone's gonna be the next Barack Obama. Everybody's gonna be the next MLK. And especially like being black, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was like everyone expected you to do big things in life. Yeah. Everyone. Wow. Like your aunties, your uncles. That's like, a that's a discourse, right? Yes. That's wow, that's prevalent. So like so like we growing up as a as a young black man expecting to do all these big things in life, and it's like we even believe that we can do these big things. And like, I'm not saying like we can't, but I'm saying like 99% of a room of teenage, especially black teenage boys, mm. if you ask them, hey, who in here want to go to the NFL? Who in here want to go to the NBA? Who in here want to be famous in general? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. 99% are going to raise their hand. Mm. But the reality is that only 1% are going to make it. Mm-hmm. Right? Make so, it in that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, making it to like being famous, like making the NFL, mm-hmm. NBA. And it's like, but what do you do with the other 99%? Mm. Like, what do they do? Are they going to get a job at, at at a warehouse? 
they may get a job at like McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. Like Family Dollar, like just like these like like these menial jobs, but like they don't feel like they've done anything in life. And it's like, bro, like if only you knew, yeah, like the purpose and the potential that's inside of you. Wow. And if only your like your view on success wasn't so stuffed inside of a box. Yeah. Right? Like success is bigger yeah. than being famous. Success is bigger than being the MLK, being the Barack Obama, being the LeBron James. Like, like, but that's a box. You know what this reminds me of? Yeah. you you listen to my legacy episode, right? Yeah. I think yeah, you texted yeah, yeah. me about yeah, that. Yeah, you I remember did. when I brought up on there the young genius versus the old sage? Yep. It's kind of what this reminds me of, right? Because yeah, yeah. a lot of us think we're the young genius mm. and a lot of us want that. So to put it in sports, because I didn't talk about it in a sports way on that episode. Yeah. But yeah. the young genius of sports is basically the person who makes it in college. Yeah. College football, college D1. basketball, right? Yep. They make it. They go on in the NFL, NBA. Yep. They get on the trading cards. They get on all the shows, yep, right? Yep. You know, they make it to the Super Bowl. And there's so few people that actually achieve that. Mm. But our culture, because of how we elevate it, propped up by the discourses of like, you're going to do great things. Like, yes, yes. All that stuff mixed together, right? And uh, it caters to people wanting that. Yes, when yes. The reality for most people in the world is that we have to we have to work our way up. Yep. And yep. working our way up is not five years. It's five decades. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's yes. it's a slow and long journey where it's like, I didn't think at 19, 20, mm. 21 years old, I was gonna be like cleaning bathrooms. Man, for real. You know? Like, yeah. I didn't think that was going to be what I was doing. Yeah. Because I, I got to do great things. Yeah. And then, yeah. I, and then I realized, oh my gosh, this is a great thing mm. because it's a, it's a perspective thing, right? Yes, 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 like, yes. Because you realize, one, how it's forming you as a mm-hmm. character. It's teaching you work ethic, right? But then also you realized, oh, my job is to enter into a mess yeah, and bring order to it yep. and make it clean again, yep. right? And it's like, oh, that's like, that, that's a narrative for your life. Mm. You know, you can apply that to so many things and that yeah. discipline and learning to do it even when you don't feel like it, even if you don't want to do it, even when you're not getting paid a lot to do it, right? For real, for real. There's so many, so much value. Bro, there's so much, in, in so much. In, there's a lot of stories out there that we're surrounded with where we expect the young, we see the young genius and they make it, you know, because mm-hmm. it sells. And yeah. we look at that. It gets you, have, you ever seen a, you ever seen Tick, Tick, Boom? Nah, no, I've never seen that. About the guy who created the musical Rent. But, nah, uh, nah, I've never seen so, it. So like it shows like him creating this music, like the entire film is him creating this musical. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and he's 30 and so he's kind of like, oh, shoot, I'm getting past my prime, mm. which is kind of a joke, right? <laughs> but in terms of creators, you bet. Like young genius Dang. creators, right? Like, so he's having this existential crisis and you see the entire film, he creates something and you expect mm. by the end of the film that um, he's going to create this thing and it's going to be a big success. Dang. And he, you see how hard he works over the two-hour runtime, right? 
And then he gets to premiere the show finally. Mm. So many obstacles he had to get there. Premieres the show. And then the the main like critic who was there, right? She tells him, that was a great show. But well, well, wait for it. It was a great show. Can't wait to see the next one. Just like that. And he's like, wait a minute. So you don't race. want this, like, you're not going to, like, take the show, you know? And, wow. and she's like, it's it's not good enough. Wow. You know? And you saw this whole- Man, he was just so crushed. You saw how he gave everything he had mm. for that. And then mm. it was just like, try harder next time. Man, right? man. Try harder next time. It's brutal. It's a brutal world out the there. Road if you want to make it in those things, you know? Brutal. Hey, man, but I, but it I formed, want to comment on something yeah. that you had brought up. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Um, about, like- like making it to the top, right? And yeah. Like, and I had that takes time. But it's like, I've been wrestling with this as well, bro. And like, this is why I titled the book, Who Wants to Be Famous? Mm. Because let's say you make it to the top. Yeah. What then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, what then? Because making it to the top, guess what? There's people that's climbing the ladder trying to take your spot. Of course. Right? So like you can make it to the top, but understand that like, you got to remain at the top. Yep. And like remaining there takes that takes extra effort, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So like a lot of people like like in the book, like you're gonna see like Travis makes it to the NBA, bro. Yeah, and like he does great, he does phenomenal, mm-hmm. and people still come at him, yeah. people still discredit him. And but like think about people who were like the greats, right? Like LeBron James, right? Like this mm-hmm. year, right? Like he got swept, mm-hmm. right by the Nuggets. People are already talking about how how he's sorry, how he washed up. Mm. It's like, bro, like, do you understand that for most of this man's career, he's been in the finals? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, just think about that. Like, like, most of his career, he's been in the finals. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. But it's like, the one year, like, he gets swept, it's like, oh, like, oh, like, he nobody now. And it's like, that's that's the part about making it to the top is like, now you got to deal with the pressure. Yeah, if you're and if your character is not there, man, come if it's on, not developed, bro. you know, bro, come and if on. you don't have a a life outside of that, because a lot of a lot of what where people get trapped, right? Because it's almost like the altar of success. Yes. So yes. what do you have to lay on the altar Ooh. in order to be successful? And sometimes there's there's good things you can lay Talk at the altar, it. right? There's there's good yeah, things that yeah. you need to let go of in order to be successful, but unfortunately, much of the time. The things that get laid on there are marriages, yep. kids, relationships, relationships. Man. It's people that get put on the altar, Sanity, right? Like, but like, why do you think all these celebrities be like killing themselves? Yeah, but like that's, but like that's a lifestyle that's like gruesome. And Derek, you, I'll tell you this. Yeah, and like this is an insider. Like nobody else knows this, y'all. One of the main influences to my book was a documentary on Tiger Woods called mm. Tiger. Have you seen yeah. that, bro? I have not, but I've heard of it. Bro, you, bro, I've seen it twice. Actually, I think I've seen it three times, actually. Bro, I, bro I'm bro, i telling is you, it a, Is it about his marriage and... It's about his life. Yeah. It's about his life. Right. Like, when he was a kid, like, his dad had him, like, like doing golf since he was a baby, mm-hmm. like, before he mm-hmm. can even talk, like... Yeah. But he made it. But, like, when he made it, bro, like... <sighs> But I, I I can't I can't spoil it for you. Oh, I know. I but mean, like, I know about his life. So, but bro, like that documentary, just like it, like it showed me that like these celebrities, mm-hmm. they look happy. They look like they're having a time of their life. Like they like at the peak of life. But a lot of times, bro, there's things happening behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. 
that like that's really depressing, bro. Yeah. And like that documentary like made me think about like, man, like a lot of us want to be famous, but we don't want what comes with fame. That's what your book is there for, though. That's why that's it's what called it's there Who for. Wants to be famous because I want to give people a glimpse. Like, like okay, you want to be famous, and then say you're that one percent and you make it. This is what to expect. Mm-hmm. Like, like this mm-hmm. is what to expect. And if you're not the one percent that makes it, thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, like praise them. And that's another thing, bro. Like, why does everybody gotta make it to the top? Like, why isn't the middle like as significant? Mm-hmm. But like, if you think about it, bro, in the army, right? Mm-hmm. If everyone's a general, who's gonna be the soldiers? Right. Right. Like every single soldier in that rank, when they play their role successfully, mm-hmm. it's literally as important right. as everything that the general does. It's because everyone matters, but many people believe that their value is bound by being at the top, right? Come on. So it's like, the value. I don't truly yes. matter, right? Come on. Unless I'm actually... Come on. Unless I'm actually there. Come on. At the top. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes, I guess. But it's like, we're not valuable unless we're like, in the spotlight, right? Like I, I well, remember especially like, in this culture right now, right? Oh, come on, bro. I mean, you know, Let's speak about it. <laughs> even like the little ways, like I, I, I'll be honest. Like I look at your social media, and I'm like, wow, this guy's got a following. Yeah, I yeah. wish I had a fifth of what he has. Man, I'm like, listen, Thomas TW3 is <laughs> man. This guy, he's doing it right. He's doing it. There's always somebody that's gonna be further along. Come than on, you, bro. Right? Always. And always. Now, you know, there's probably people that look at me and are like, wow, look yeah. at Derek, right? Started his own and, business. And yeah. And, and it's just like, it it's never ends. Never it's ends. Never it's never going to stop. Pro, it's a rat race. And like, that's why you got to question yourself. Like, do I want to live a life where I'm trying to please people and get attention of people? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to live a life that means something? Yeah. Come right? on. Come like, on. Like, Derek, like. Like, bro, like, during the whole, like, Black Lives Matter time, right? Like, bro, like, I was making comments and putting posts and stuff and, like, speaking, like, real stuff. Yeah. And people discredited me because I wasn't, like, marching. Mm. Like, people was like, bro, like, you a sofa, um, or what they call it. Like, you a, uh, you a couch watcher or something like that. Mm. Where it's like, because, like, I wasn't out there, like, speaking through a megaphone, like, I wasn't, like, real. Like, I wasn't committed to the grind. Yeah. And it's like, bro, like, like... Like, like if you lived a day with me mm-hmm. and, like, followed me around as I poured into inner-city students, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours a week, mm-hmm. like, pouring into them, like being like, like, being, like, a role model to them, bro. Yeah, you were living out Black Lives like, Matter. Like, yes, li- like, li- living that out every I'm day. literally living In the trenches. Out, living it out. In the trenches, bro. Like, I'm not... Like, bro, like, a lot of people can, like, go on, like, protests and stuff like that. They put the social like, media up there, right? They yeah. get the trend, you know? Yeah, trendy. exactly. Like, bro, like, y'all protesting, like, in these neighborhoods, but, like, do they even know you? Yeah. Like, do the kids you're, like, protesting for, like, like do they know your name? Yeah. If you go around the neighborhood that I'm at right now, West Palm Beach, Florida, and ask them who is Thomas, they gonna know who Thomas is. Yeah, Because course. I'm in the trenches with them, right? So yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I can see those comments and be like, Oh man, like because I'm not protesting, I'm not doing anything. It's like, are you serious, bro? Like people don't see what I do, but that doesn't make what I do less significant. Wow. Come on, bro. Wow. Come on. Come on, bro. Let's talk about that. Like, it's like you don't have to be famous to bring significance to the world and contribute to society. Mm-hmm. You 
Right, like there's this guy on YouTube. I, I think his name is like Mr. Beast or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he gives away tons of money to people. Like blesses them. That's yeah. all cool and all. Mm-hmm. But what about dudes? Like I know some dudes that literally pays rent for people, and like this blesses them with nobody else knowing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is that less significant because it's not like it's not a camera following him around and like right like yeah. But is it less significant? No, it's not less significant. Like, that's very significant. But it's not about how many people see what you do. It's about what you're actually doing. The quality of the mm. value and worth and this contribution that you bring to the world. Yeah. That matters. You remember when Jesus talked about the Pharisees? Come on. And he said that these guys, they do their things out in public yep. for show. Just right? to be they seen, give, to be heard. Yep. And Jesus says they have their reward. And there is a reward that's in there, right? You yep, know, you're yep. being seen, you're seen as significant, Applauses. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then Jesus talks about the person who gives in secret, right? Mm. All that kind of stuff. And there's an eternal reward there. And I've always wondered, like, what does he mean by that? And I had this moment where it clicked one time mm. where I was like, oh, the eternal reward is that that becomes a part of your character. Wow. That becomes a part of who you Dang. are. You are not just a generous person outwardly. Come on. You you become the generous person. You Come on, because bro. a lot of life, right, is like you have an identity that mm. you're, you're trying to bring forth into the world. Yeah, yeah. And that identity re- requires you to act on it. And, and so you actually become that which you do and there's no wow. better way to test that, right? Like integrity is who you are behind closed doors. Yes, so yes. There's no better way to yes. test that than what you do in secret. You do in secret. Yeah. Yeah. And then you that that is who you become. Come on, bro. You know, even when no one's looking, you know, even if you're not getting anything in return, mm. any tangible return, mm. the th- the ultimate reward there, in my opinion, is that you become that. Come on, bro. That's you, you, good. You embody that. That's good, bro. And and that becomes a part of the character that yeah. you are in your story. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's what we love in stories, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what we love is that transformation there. And that's who you leave behind. Like, that's the legacy you leave behind. Yeah. And think about being famous. Think about being known by a lot of people is that a lot of people start to put their own images on you. Yeah. Right? So like, so like bro, like a perfect example are these like celebrity pastors who end up like getting caught? Yeah, right? of like course. Sin, right, and it's like all these people who who, who don't even know them, mm-hmm. who have never seen them in right. person and shook their hand, are all of a sudden saying he's not a Christian. Yeah, like they're not saved. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you even know them? Like, have you had a like have you had a conversation with the person? Like, have you walked like with them in a daily life? Right, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. it's like it's like when you. Like, but like when you become famous, all privacy is gone. Mm. Like there is no private, like there is no, well, like I'm going to keep this to myself and mind my own business. Like you have no own business. Yeah. Your business is the world's now. Well, even when you go out in public too, right? Yeah. If you get like really, really famous and you have to have a, a bodyguard, right? There's almost like a, no, it's no more almost a dehumanizing existence yeah, because on, you can't just go to the grocery store and shop. Like nope. you can't do things the normal way anymore. Nope. nope. And it like, nope. um, I can imagine it being alienating to some degree. I mean, that's, this isn't my life, so I don't know. But I have heard people who are really famous that are just like, yeah, it's weird. Like that's why I love watching documentaries. You can't bro. really do anything, right? Uh, 
You can't live life the same. Everybody you, always you, wants a selfie. Everyone always wants to ask you questions. Everyone always wants to... Like, it's like, bro, like... It, <laughs> everybody knows things about you, and you don't yes. know them. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Right? Wow. I mean, that's even true. That's even true just for little old me with this this tiny podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got people listening to this podcast that know way more about me. <laughs> and and I don't even know their name, right? Man. Which is really trippy to think about. Man, that's crazy, bro. That's yeah. crazy. So, so let's jump ahead a little bit. So the, you wrote the book yep. and we've talked, you know, behind closed doors about the process and it mm. was a, you know, it was a huge undertaking writing a book, right? Bro. But, but you did it, you wrote it, you published it yep. and the book has been out now for the last few months. Mm-hmm. And April 2nd. so what I'd love to hear now is how does this book connect with what you're doing with the hood library? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like basically like with the Hill Library, which is the slogan, um, two TW3 books. So like like TW3 books is the name of it, but like the Hill Library is the slogan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very self-explanatory, right? It's like, I want to write books that the hood can relate to and learn from. Yeah. Like like growing up, I didn't read at all. Like, mm. like I, I, I didn't read it all. Like, I didn't that's read. surprising because you're such a reader now. Uh, like, all I do is read now. Like, if you know yeah. a person, like you know, like I'm always reading. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, man. So like, I didn't read until I got to college, right? And like, mm. I had to read in college, right? Like in high school, I would just like cliff note things, and like, I didn't, sure, I never read those books, right? But in college, I started reading, and like, I started realizing that like that like reading is like it's because like growing up, it was like reading is for nerds. Right, like, mm-hmm. well, like reading is boring. Like, I'm gonna read, right? Yeah. Like, I'd rather go outside and, and go play some basketball, right? But I started reading, and I was like, dang, like, this some real deal knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, this some really knowledge. And like, I fell, like, I fell in love with like books about like how to be a good husband, how to be a good father, how to follow God, yeah. um, like how to like minister, how to mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I love like reading autobiographies. Like, I love Nelson Mandela's biography, like MLK yeah. biography. Um, and like, I just fell in love with it. I was just like, dang, like, I missed out on so much. I missed out on so much knowledge. Yeah. Um, and like, it's out there, right? Bro, it's out, it's out like, there. Like, like, bro, like literally, are, literally, you have a public library. Bro, literally. Any book that's there for free. Like, knowledge about anything, and, like finances, mm-hmm. running a business, like, and it, and anything. It, yeah. And it's like, I'm going to do an episode eventually, probably pretty soon, about yeah. reading mm. and about why it's important. Bro. To read, and I know that sounds silly, right? But why does it sound silly? I think where in the world that like this concept that like reading a book is like this like weird thing. I think a lot of it has to do with our society right now. Is we are we're a more visual, very quick, short attention span, and reading challenges you in so many ways. It challenges not only you to focus on something, yeah, but I think reading is I'm, I'm I might get in trouble with my other artist friends here. <laughs> I think reading is Uh-oh. the most engaging art. Man, bro. Overall because think about it, bro. Like Yeah, yeah. You watch a movie and that's 2 hours, right? You watch a show that's 20 so 45 good. minutes. So good. You listen to music that's 
three minutes for a song, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. 40 minutes for yeah. an album or whatever, right? Um, you stare at a painting however long you, yeah, you want, yeah, right? Yeah. But a book, bro, it takes time. Requires hours. Mm. Hours. Mm. Sometimes like days. Yeah. Like in terms yeah. of like periods, but it requires depending mm. on how long the book you might be reading it for weeks or months yeah and so you are in something come on bro for a period of time bro and you are having Nothing to like use it. all these faculties of your mind of your brain yes in order yes. to do it yes. and your brain has to be challenged to comprehend to know right yes there is so much um that reading requires of you and i think that's the big reason why a lot of people don't like reading is it demands too much come on of us Bro, we are a fast-paced society. Like, we love fast food, mm -hmm. two-day delivery, mm -hmm. right? Delivery yeah. to the house, right? Like, we love Use that. your two-day delivery to get a book. <laughs> come on, come on. That you'll be in, you know? You get your money's worth. I mean, gosh, books yeah. are like $10, $15. And the, the value like you get out of dollars, it, bro. you know? Worth the, so the much value money. you get out of a book. Yes, so bro. I'm going to do an episode on that soon. Yeah. But so that's what your goal is, Hood Library. You want to yeah. create books yeah. that people in that context can resonate with. Yes, yes, yes. And so yes. I can imagine that there's more to come. Oh, yeah. More books yeah, you're going to write. Yeah, but this is just the first one. Like, like again, like the Hood Library, like, like one day I'm going to have a whole catalog, bro. Yeah. A whole catalog of all ages children's books. From mm. baby books to... To what the book is I just dropped, which is a young adult's book, which is um like aka like a teenager book, right? Like yeah. he just twelve to eighteen. It, yeah. It, 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 it like they'll like phrase it. But I but yeah, but like I want to have books for babies, books for toddlers, books for um like elementary students, books for uh, uh middle schoolers, and then like more books for teenagers. But yeah, man, I got some serious books coming in the pipeline, man, that because like reading, like thing about reading is like reading forces you to slow down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Everybody really think that's right. Right, like, like if someone writes a book like the right way, right? Mm -hmm. While you're reading, you forget you're actually reading the book. Yeah, right. And it's like this. This is why, like, a lot of people like like read a book, and then like they make a movie about the book, and they mm -hmm. go see the movie, like, but that movie was horrible, right? It's because like that book, like, like when you're reading that book, like it's engaging your imagination. It's engaging, like, bro, like you're creating this whole world mm -hmm. that's not real. Yeah. Right, but like you're creating this whole world, well, like with fiction books, like like you're creating this whole world, yeah, that you're like in, yeah. and you're like physically in it, right? And like that's what this book does, man. And that's why, that's what, that's what I want all my books to do. Like I want people to read my books and feel like they're watching a the movie that doesn't just last two hours, mm -hmm. but it lasts for days, and they're just and they're just like, man, like I feel like I know this this on um, this guy named Travis. Wow. So like, I want students like going up in the hood as they read my books I want them to see themselves in the characters yeah and I want them to really wrestle with some things that's deep down right like as they read the books that I dropped right who wants to be famous I want them to wrestle with some things that like man like do I actually want to do what it takes to get there mm -hmm. or 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 man if I got there like how would I respond if this and this happened to me right right I'm gonna give y'all a little spoiler but Travis like he has like fatherlessness issues Growing up, right, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like a lot of kids in the hood, yeah. I had the same thing, right? right, right. But the way I wrote this book, bro, like you, like you just really like understand the depthness mm -hmm. in his heart, bro. Yeah, like the deep things that's going on that like he can't really explain, 
but it's happening. It's affecting him. Around him. Like, how many kids right. grow up, right? Like, how many of us grow up, right? And it's like, like there's so much happening around us, and we're just like reacting, reacting. They will never have the time to like sit down and actually process through, like, they know what's actually happening inside of my heart right now. Right. Right. So I, 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 I just hope that as like, like as students and and like even adults, I like, read this book. It's like they read it and think back, like, dang, like, where am I? Like, yeah. Do I feel that way? Wow. And like, how can I overcome that? Like Travis did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man. Like, bro, I want every single book I write. I want it to hit them in the heart. Yeah. And just cause them just to slow down just a little bit. Just slow down just a little bit and just think a little bit. Yeah. Just think a little bit. So, yeah, man. That's what good stories do, right? They inspire yep. us. They they force us to slow down and to think about our lives and the kind of story we want to live, right? Yep, yep. So one thing I also wanted to ask you about is what's the response been like from the kids? Because you had a book release party, right? Yeah. And you had yep. like over a hundred people that came and a lot of those were like high school students, yep, right? Yep. So what, yeah. So, so what's that been like? Yeah, bro. So bro, like, <laughs> like bro, like the kids are like loving it, bro. Like there's, like, there's students who like don't even read like that and like are reading in a day. Like a week. wow, um, it's like, it's tough to get like flying through, yeah. bro. And like I, I even had one student tell me he was like, he was like, bro, like when I read the book, like he was like, I was watching a movie. Wow, <laughs> watching a movie, like. And then my brother, my brother from um from back home in Jacksonville, like he read up to like I think like chapter three, mm-hmm. and then like one night he started at, at like nine o'clock. Yeah, and bro, he said like he was up to like three in the morning. Wow, couldn't put it down. Wow, couldn't put it down. So like. So, bro, like, this book is, like, it's, it's like, so vital, bro. Mm. Um, like, not only is it, is it, like, appealing and it's catchy mm-hmm. um, and it's engaging, but it's deep. Like, it forces you to think deep about some things, mm. um, for sure. And, man, like, like, bro, like, I know it has something special mm-hmm. when, like, when I released it and there was so much difficulty and just things coming at me, bro. Sure, the to whole process there, to get it out. Yeah, the process was crazy. Like, so like, remember, like the, but the release date was April second. Right, right. So April first comes, and I received fifty books. Oh no! When I ordered three hundred. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> bro, bro! I ordered three hundred books, and only fifty showed up, bro. The day before. So April second, I'm at the event, and like they're telling me, like, hey, like more books gonna come in, more books gonna come in. No more books come in, bro. Wow. So I'm at the event with only, actually, not even, bro, 48 books, not 50, 48 books I had. They sold out like that. So then Before I had, the event was even over, they're gone. Bro, gone. So wow. I had like more than half of people without a book. So then I was like, okay, y'all, like, like, like I should have more books coming in like mm-hmm. tomorrow on Monday. Yeah. So whenever they come in, I'm gonna get them to y'all ASAP. Monday comes, no books. Tuesday comes, no books. Wednesday comes, no books. Bro, Derek, I didn't get more books until seven weeks later. Are you kidding me? Seven weeks later. So people had that ordered books, mm-hmm. but on March 30th, like people like pre-ordered books and right, all. Right, right. No books came in until seven weeks later. So it was there when I knew that, like, okay, like, okay, okay. Like, I got something special here. Yeah. And like the... And like Satan, he doesn't want this to get out there. Mm-hmm. Like he knows that if this book get out, like if this book gets out there, it's gonna be serious. Yeah. And brother, up until now, Derek, like, brother, I have a, like over two hundred fifty books sold so far, bro. 
Wow. 250 bucks so, so That's far. That's incredible. It, it, All it, in person or online sales too? Mostly in person. Wow. Like there's some online sales, like probably like, like probably like 20% is online, but but like 80% is in person, bro. And a lot of it is students. Wow. A lot of it is my target audience. So but they but they loving it. They are all for it, bro. And I and I got more coming. Bet. I'm coming. Oh, wait, one more thing, one more thing. And then, bro, like one of the funny things is because like again, like this book isn't like it's not like a like a typical proper like grammar sure. book, like, but like it's slang, like it's hood language. Yeah. And I remember um <laughs> because I I have four students um kind of like read like my like rough manuscript. Yeah, yeah. To kind of like give a review on it. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, bro, I can't believe you said the word jit in the book. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was like, he was like, I That's was reading you know. it. He was I was reading it and it said jit. And I was like, hold on, am I still reading the book? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. See, so yeah, bro, it's the real deal. It's the real deal. Where can people find you, Thomas? Yeah, man. So um, so first off, on social media. Uh, you follow me on Instagram and Facebook at, at TW3Books.com. Um, again, Thomas Wilson III, so TW3Books um, on Instagram and Facebook. And then the website is TW3Books.com. Mm. Um, and you can get the book. also got merch. I got T-shirts, hoodies. Yes, you um, do. You ha- we got a history making T-shirts, right? Yeah. So, yeah, bro. <laughs> I love it. It sounds yeah, like you're man. in a season of life very similar to where I'm at, where you're pulling together all these different passions you have. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. doing something with it. So I think it's beautiful, man. Yeah. Please check out Thomas's work. Read his book. You won't regret it. Yes. Or find someone to give the book to. Yes. You know, yes. find a young person in your life to give that book to. Yeah. And... Thomas, it's been so good having you on. Bro, thank you for I'm having so, me on, bro. I'm so just amazed at what you're doing in your life and the story that you're living out and the mm. way that you are telling stories to inspire people in theirs. Come on, man. So thank you, bro. that's where it's at, Thomas. Thank you, bro. So thank you guys so much out there for checking out this episode of All Things Narrative. Thank you guys so much once again for tuning in. Thomas, thank you so much for thank being you, with bro. us. Thank you all for listening. This is your friendly narrative practitioner, Derek, signing off, saying thank you so much. And until next time, turn up. Turn up, baby. Let's go. Woo-woo.